Um, today, we're going to be talking about growing in trust. Um, that's, that's the title that I've picked for today's sermon. The passage that we're going to be looking at this morning um, is, is from um, the Old Testament of the Bible. This is, if this is your first time in church, the Old Testament is the part of the Bible that was written before Jesus came to the earth. Um, and it is taken from a book called Psalms, which is a collection of 150 songs and poems written uh, by a lot of songwriters. Main, the main one is David. He's written most of them. Um, and we're going to be looking at one of his songs uh, today. Uh, I've requested Joshua to read the psalm out for us. It is Psalm 20. It will come up for us on the screen. Over to you, Josh. Psalm 20. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation and in the name of our God set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his, saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord of Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. O Lord, save the king. May he answer us when we call. This is God's word. Thank you, Josh. Allow me to just pray before we start. Uh, Father, we thank you for your word that you have given to us. Um, such a rich blessing it is to have this. What a privilege it is to have this that words written centuries before still speak so freshly to our hearts. Uh, Holy Spirit, I pray that even as we ponder upon um, your word, I pray that Holy Spirit, you'll open up our hearts. Uh, I, I, I don't know where each of us are in our own journeys, uh, but would you use this word to, to bless our hearts, to make sense to our hearts, to, to, to show us Jesus uh, to show Jesus to our hearts this morning. We surrender to the power of your word this morning. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, the context of this psalm is, it's a, it's a song of David. And David is uh, using the prayer that Israelites of those times uh, used to pray for their king before a battle. Uh, the, the first few verses of the psalm is, is that it's a prayer that the Israelites used to pray for their king before he went into battle. Um, now, in those days, for them, it was David. But the psalm, like all of the Bible, all of the Old Testament, also points and shows us uh, to the true king, to the, to the greater king, Jesus, who, who fought and won the, the ultimate battle on the cross over sin and death. But we're going to be going there uh, a little later in the talk but this is a song that the israelites used to sing for the king before they went into battle now like the rest of the bible even this arm is applicable 
to us in this day and age. Now, I know that we don't have any physical battles ahead of us, but we can all agree that doing life itself today feels like a battle. Each of us got our own battles, some, some that we face together, like, like this navigating life through these COVID times, wave after wave, right? It feels like a never-ending, long, drawn-out battle. And some are our own individual battles. Either it is achieving a dream, living a dream, um, uh, making it in our careers or, or ministry. Um, probably it is finding love. It in itself can be a battle. Starting a family, something like a long drawn out battle with sickness, probably your own or in your family. There are individual battles that we face each day. And the way 2022 started for us, just when we thought everything is going back and then all our, all our processes are back in place, there you go. It starts with a bang and jolts us and, and brings us back to our knees and, and lets us look to God. Now, in, in times like this, how do we build real trust in a certain God in such uncertain times? How do we build real trust? The psalm has one of the most probably famous, uh, famous verses in the Bible, which if you grew up in a Christian home, this is not, uh, this is not um, uh, you, you know this, you grew up listening to this. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. There are songs written on this. Now, how do we build a trust like this? How do we grow in a trust like this? This is what I want to look at this morning. The framework of the talk is as follows. We're going to be looking at three things. The first thing is whose battle is it? Second thing is how do we trust in the battle? The third thing is how do we grow in trusting Christ? Whose battle is it? Who do we trust in the battle? How do we grow in trusting Christ? Let's start with the first thing. In my first few readings of the psalm, I read as if the, the, the first couple of verses, it will come up for us on screen, the first couple of verses, the you in the psalm, I read as if it was me. Wouldn't it be like a good prayer? May the Lord answer you. May the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help. May he give you support. May he regard you with favor. May he grant you your heart's desires. May he fulfill all your plans. But when we look at verse 6 in the Bible, Israel was praying the you in, in, this, in these sentences was not them themselves, but it was their king. It says, it's, it's about the Lord's anointed. Lord, the Lord saves his anointed. Now, the Lord's anointed in this psalm means the king of Israel, who is David in the psalm. And for us, a pointer to the king, the ultimate king, Jesus. Israel was going for the battle, 
the whole nation was in battle, but they recognized that at the forefront of this battle was their king. He led them. He fought for them. It was primarily his battle. So he, they prayed for him, that the Lord would answer him, protect him, fulfill his plans and his desires. One of the reasons why in my initial reading of this psalm, it made me feel like it's for me and about me is a pointer to my self-centered and self-obsessed posture of my heart. Don't our prayers look like this? May you protect me. May you support me. Grant my heart's desire. Say, these are all good prayers and we must pray them. The problem is we stop there. We stop there. Our culture today teaches us as if this is, this, is all, this is all about us. This is our life. These are our battles. We need to take charge and we need to conquer. We need to be in control of things. We are building our own kingdoms. We want Jesus to help us, but we want Jesus to help us build our kingdom. What's the difference between using Jesus for our battles and seeing Jesus at the forefront of our battles? What is the difference between G using Jesus for our battles, using him and seeing him at the forefront? Let me, let me share you from my own example. Currently, we have this uh, fabulous joy of having a baby ahead of us. Um, it's it's going to come really soon. And that means a lot of things are going to change. We have to brace ourselves to so many changes that are coming um, in a lot of ways, emotionally, uh, just making space, uh, us having to sacrifice a lot of things. And this, in my context, is the battle ahead of me. Now, in the past couple of months, I've seen this as my battle. I'm at the center of this. I've, I've seen what changes should I make? What plans should I make? What all do I need to get in order for me to face this? All these things are great. I need to plan and do all of that. But what I have not recognized is God is at the forefront of this. It is he who has blessed me with this baby. Instead of seeing him at the forefront of this and seeking his plans and, and, and seeking his desires for our family and surrendering to it, I have given him my task list and I said, God, now I need this, this and this and I'm trusting for you to give me all of this. I'm using Jesus to fulfill what I want in my battle. Instead of just seeing and waiting on him, God, what is it that you want me to do here? What is it that, that where do you want me to grow in this journey. That's the difference between using him for my battle and seeing him at the forefront of my battle, him leading me and surrendering to him. Hey, what is the challenge that you're facing currently today that you have taken this posture? Instead of seeing him at the forefront and surrendering to him, how have we made it about ourselves? How have we made it about ourselves? Israel's prayer is telling us that this is primarily not our battle. Our king 
is in the forefront. He is leading us and we need to surrender to him. We need to surrender to what he is doing because this is his kingdom. We are part of his kingdom. This is not our kingdom and we're not building our own. The first thing we need to do to grow in trust is see Jesus at the forefront of our battles. The second thing we, 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 we look at today is who do we trust in the battle? Who do we trust in the battle? If you look at verse 7, the, the famous verse of the psalm, the Israelites are saying some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Israelites are saying the world trusts in the chariots and horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. In our context, chariots and horses might not be battling for our trust with God. But we have got our own version of chariots and horses. Friends, I don't know if we have realized this, but the world has definitely realized that it's all a battle of trust. There are thousand things in the world trying to win our trust. Brands right now are all about building a loyal base. They've got their own loyalty programs. Ask the PR and marketing professionals that we have. Hey, why do we buy the coffee that we buy again and again? Why do we buy the brand of clothes that we buy again and again? Why do we look for reviews when we buy products? Why do brands pay influencers so much to review their products? What are these influencers actually selling on social media? They are selling our trust. They're saying I have these million people who follow my work. They know me. They trust the, 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 any product that I show. They trust it to be a great product and they will buy it. Have you realized the growing number of targeted ads on social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook? The moment you speak about one thing, you open your phone and it's there. What are these things? What are these platforms selling? They're selling our trust. They're basically saying all these people trust us with their personal information and they post about it all the time on our platform. Now here, take it, use it and sell our products to them. The real currency here is trust and the world has realized it. Think about politics. What are politi the politicians trying to win? What are they trying to win when they're throwing dirt on the other politicians? Think about the news. The most used tagline, ironically, in the current media circus is India's most trusted news slash channel. Play any channels, read any paper. That's what they're saying. This is India's most trusted thing. In a collection of essays called Trust INC, business school professors James and Barry Posner, uh, they, they, they say this. It'll come for us on screen. The trust is that the, the truth is that trust rules. Trust rules relationships. Trust rules influence. Trust rules your team's cohesiveness. Trust rules innovativeness. 
trust rules brand image rules financial stability it rules performance trust rules just about everything you do why am i telling you all of this my point is if the world is working so hard and pumping in millions to win our trust when it comes to faith we cannot just stay at the surface level and just say i'm struggling to trust god that is where i'm failing that is where i am weak we need to go deeper than just that friends we need to go deeper than just that why am i not able to trust god enough why sit with ourselves ask ourselves this question let's look at israel and the context in which they were praying this prayer in their day david was one of their best warrior kings even before he became a king when he fought under the previous king as the chief of his army david came back winning victorious battle after battle and and when he did that the israelite women in there in those days used to gather and sing saul who was the king then had struck his thousands and david his 10000s he has won many battles for israel so when they are praying this prayer lord save him answer him they are not praying in a moment of weakness they didn't have a weak king they had a strong king they were praying this at their best they had the best chariots and they had the best horses they had the best king leading them in the forefront but still they said we trust in the name of the lord this prayer would have served as a reminder both to israel and david that it is ultimately the lord who brings victory friends why is this so important who we trust in our strength determines who we cling to in our weakness who we trust in our strength determines who we cling to in our weakness allow me to share a simple illustration now i really love driving cars i consider it one of my strengths i i pride on driving safely while still having fun doing it and the last couple of months during taru's pregnancy the doctor advised us to be safe in our road travels not too many bumps and jerks and and you know indian roads so every time we take a cab it's the hardest thing for me to go through to trust the life of my pregnant wife and my baby to a complete stranger and say you drive and you take us it's the hardest thing for me to go through every bump on the road i feel a thousand times more probably sometimes even more than taru and the baby i get freaked out i'm like what is happening i'm not going to trust this guy i'm going to leave a bad review the moment i sit in the cab i'm like bhaiya my wife is pregnant please drive safely i i just can't trust why is that why am i having such trust issues i've realized that when i when i drive i trust my own skills as a driver i trust my own skills for safety 
not Jesus. So when I'm not driving, I struggle to trust Jesus because I don't trust him when I drive. We can never grow in trusting Jesus unless we grow out of trusting whatever we trust in, in our strength. It could be the strength of our careers. It could be the strength of our families, our gifts and talents, our, our financial planning, our fitness. I don't know what it is for you guys, but who are we trusting in our strength? If you're not a follower of Jesus this morning or don't believe in God and all of that, I'm sure you heard of this, of this saying, it's pretty familiar, where they say Christians or religious people use faith or God as a crutch. It's, it's for the weak. Hey, this statement was not birthed in a vacuum. Honestly, friends, the way we Christians sinfully live our lives in this broken world probably proves that. In, in our moments of strength and success, we have failed to realize that Christ is our greatest strength and that we are nothing without him. This is our sin. In our moments of happiness and celebration, we have failed to realize that Christ is our greatest joy. This is our sin. In our moments of health and fitness, we have failed to realize that Christ is the source of abundant, wholesome life. This is our sin and we repent of it. My fellow followers of Jesus, who are we placing our trust when everything is going well and everything is good? If it's not in Jesus, then in our weakness, in moments of trial and despair, it will be impossible to fully trust in Jesus because our hearts are not trained to do that. When everything is going well, our hearts are busy trusting in whatever else apart from Jesus. This is why we consistently, daily need the rhythm of sitting in front of God's word before we start our day and say, Lord, there are thousand things right now my heart wants to trust in. But Holy Spirit, help my, my heart to trust in Christ alone. Friend, we, friends, we need this rhythm when things are going well and when things are not. Especially when things are going well because there's so much competition for our hearts. The world is pumping millions, guys, millions. This is crucial and I'm preaching this to my heart first. We need the rhythm of sitting in front of the word of God and says, I'm rooting my trust today in you, Jesus, and you alone. Our hearts are not living in a vacuum. Who we trust in our strength determines who we cling to in our weakness. I know it is difficult. I know it is painful to suddenly stop trusting whatever we are trusting in and, and place that trust in Jesus. So how do we grow in trusting Christ? How do we grow in trusting Christ? 
shall we take some time to look at King Jesus himself? He came to this earth and he showed what perfect trust in God is. He showed us what perfect trust in God the Father is. Imagine this, guys. You think you and I have strengths? God himself, being God himself, in all his authority, in all his sovereignty, lived a life of absolute willing submission to the Father. Every single day he spent time in solitude with the Father, communing with him. He said, I don't do anything apart from what my Father tells me. God himself. He did, not, he did this not just to show us what this trust is like. He did this on your behalf and mine. And yet, when this king went to the battle on the cross, the same Israel who prayed in verse 9, O Lord, save the king, they cried out, crucify him, crucify him. When Jesus was on trial, they called him the king of the Jews in a mocking tone. They didn't want his kingdom. They wanted their own. They wanted their own. Yet, this greater David, this greater king, on the cross when he was hanging, if you read the psalm in the first few verses, in the day of the trouble, when God's just wrath was upon him, he did not cry for his own safety. He did not cry for help for his own sake. He gave up the perfect offering that is his perfect life. And his heart's desire hanging on that cross was your salvation and mine. Friends, this is why when everyone was rejecting him, he did this for you and I. And this is why he and he alone is worthy of our trust, our love, and our worship. No one ever has done this for us. How do we grow in trust? It is to come back to him after we failed and look at him. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, let's not kid ourselves and, and, and think that from tomorrow we're going to be in perfect trust. That's, that's not going to happen. We're going to be moving back and forth. Chariots and horses one day, Jesus in one day. Chariots and horses one day, Jesus one day. But the trick, but the, but the key is when we trust in chariots and horses, is to come back, look at Jesus on the cross, repent and say, Jesus, I am sorry. My heart doesn't know better. I need your spirit to help me. For those of us who are not followers of Jesus, hey, this Jesus is calling us to put our trust in him. This Jesus is calling us and saying, hey, your salvation Whatever you're going to put your trust in is going to fail you. You know that. Trust me 
and see that I am good. Would you want to do that this morning? For those of us who are followers, I want to close by um, praying a prayer together. It's going to come up for us on the screen. This is not my prayer. This is a pastor called Scotty Smith um, who used this verse, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots. And he, he's written a prayer that is relevant and contextual to us today. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say this prayer softly and slowly. Would you, being muted, just read it with me? Shall we do that? Would you please read it with me? Here we go. Some trust in their goodness and discipline and niceness. But we trust in the finished work of Jesus and the gift of his perfect righteousness. Some trust in their spouse's attention and affection and their children's success and intactness. But we trust in the steadfast love and great delight you have for us in Jesus. Some trust in their stock portfolios, cash margins and stuff. But we trust in the immeasurable riches of Christ and the inviolate treasure kept for us in heaven. Some trust in their physicality and their sensuality, but in sickness and health, in our youthfulness and our aging, we trust in the truly beautiful and the all-powerful one, Jesus. Some trust in being smart, wise, and right, but we trust in Jesus who is our wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Some trust in being in, included in special groups, circles, clubs. But we trust in the gift of our union with Christ and the ongoing communion we enjoy with the entire Trinity. Some trust in their vocational productivity and their standing in the company. But we trust the one who is making all things new and are standing in his grace. Some trust in their meds and libation and their uppers and downers. But we trust in the one who said, come to me all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Father, again we say it, though many people, places, and things incessantly vie for our trust, only you are worthy. So we pray in Jesus' beautiful, and bountiful name. Amen. Amen.